Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. The box out here on Double G Sports Radio. My name is Khalil. Big news coming out. Phil Jackson, no longer with the Knicks. The dream, the, the nightmare is over. It's all done. We get a wish. It is now time for the box out to gloat. Chris Paul gets traded. Khalil, Jason, the box out on Double G Sports Radio begins right now. Box out here on Double G Sports Radio. Kyle Thomas with you, Jason Cordner, joining me very briefly. And whew, the dream has happened all over. Phil Jackson, officially relieved of his duties, has New York Knicks president of basketball operations. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this was a big big day yesterday for me yes last yesterday i can't even talk I, I i had many emotions i had i had joy i had pain i had this this emptiness that i won't be able to talk about phil jackson every single week in a way that uh, a father and a mother talk about a disappointing child but i think Stephen a smith can probably put it in the best words possible after he found out Phil Jackson was relieved of his duties on first take during his vacation, nonetheless. So here's what Stephen A. Smith had to say. Let me take it from here. It's cause for celebration. Let's be very, very clear about this. On this particular day, even though the statement wasn't the greatest in the world, we should pay thanks to James Dolan. A little bit late to the party, but nevertheless, he came to his senses. Phil Jackson needed to go. You know why Phil Jackson needed to go? Because he never really wanted the job in the first place. He wanted the money. He was here for the money. He He fleeced James Dolan and the Knicks for the money. And ultimately, he walks out the door with all of the money. The 60 million total. This is what he wanted. This is what he got it. Never wanted to do the job. Laughed. Laughed. According to confidants that told me this, when James Dolan was pursuing him years ago, he offered them six million. It wasn't enough. He offered them seven million. Phil Jackson said no. He offered eight and nine. And then Phil Jackson ultimately went to confidants and said, What can I do? The man keeps upping the ante, keeps offering me more money, basically for doing nothing. How the hell could I turn this down? Sure, Phil Jackson was the president of basketball operations. Sure, he had the luxury of being able to control things to make sure he made final decisions, but he left all the work to Steve Mills. He said yay or nay, never scouted really, barely talked to anybody, couldn't get stars to sit down and have lunch with the man for crying out loud. Notice I didn't say dinner because that's more expensive. You know, he could even have him have lunch with him, okay? This is what the man did. This is what he brought to the table, which was absolutely nothing, and it's been time for him to go, and damn it, it's about time long overdue, shouldn't have been allowed to, to, to draft this kid out of France, should have been gone long before the draft. We shouldn't have heard from Dolan talking about he was going to keep Phil on. But listen, let bygones be bygones. Nobody's flawless. Everybody makes mistakes. Dolan was a little bit late to the party, but ultimately he got it done, and it is time to move now into a different era, away from the triangle, away from somebody who doesn't want to listen to anybody, and more importantly, somebody who had a job that he never wanted to perform in the first place. That is the legacy of Phil Jackson as an executive in this industry. And, and thank the good Lord that it is over. 
Gonna join me now, Jay. The day oh, has come. That was beautiful. Ding dong. Phil is dead. Not literally, obviously, but he's no longer Nick President. How do you feel right now, man? Well, it, it's good to see Felicia gone, and uh, <laughs> now we can move forward. But like Stephen so eloquently put it, it's a week too late. Like, this should have happened last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I've been feeling a little bit better about the situation. Nevertheless, it's finally gone, so it's, it's, it's good times now in New York. Well, and you're right about the timing. It's one of those things where we had the draft. Reports came out that the Knicks, if Phil was not in charge of drafting, would have picked Dennis Smith out of NC State. You still had Smith available. You had Malik Monk available. He went with Frank. And now it's like, can we get, can we get a do-over? Like, Can we redraft the whole thing? Again? Let's do it all over again. Just pretend like it never happened and do it again because – Phil left his one last mark on his team by drafting someone that nobody wanted. He did. He really did. But to Phil, credit and defense for Zingas and um, Herman Gomez. So I'll I'll, I'll take those as parting gifts, and we'll let the, we'll let the draft situation. You know, we'll let that be a bygone. He's gone. That's I'd rather him gone than him being around for next year's draft. So, okay, so I, I I was thinking about you since last week. And last week, you, I wouldn't say you defended Phil, but you kind of, like, took that devil's advocate role of, like, well, you know, Phil did this, and you kind of, you know, he gave us Brzingis, he gave us Hernan Gomez. And I was thinking about this during the week. And I, I was thinking about you, and I was comparing not just you, but myself and every other Nick fan to someone who's been kidnapped. And what you did last week, what I found myself doing a little bit this week before he got let go, was almost defending some of the moves that he made, like trying to defend Joaquin Noah, trying to defend Derrick Rose, trying to defend him thinking Sasha Vujicic was going to bring Knicks to the promised land. And I started believing that I think we're – it's the thing that's called Stockholm Syndrome where the, cap, the person who was captured begins to sympathize with, its, with their captors – I think Knicks fans, we started, we've been kidnapped for so long. We started actually having feelings for our kidnapper, i.e., Phil Jackson and Knicks, and we started kind of defending them. And I feel like that's what's going on right now. I feel like before you got fired, we're like, well, you know, the kid is 18. You know, he has some, he can play some defense. Maybe he wasn't a bad draft pick. Well, we know it was a bad draft pick, but I thought about that all week. I'm like, God, we turned into like kidnapped people who's sympathizing with our captors right now. The, the, the pain of being a Knicks fan, you know, now that really the Cubs is. are off the hook, now that the Cubs are off the hook, we're the, we're the most notorious lovable losers now because it's been constant chaos. Like, I was reading, this would be, whoever's hired as the next uh, president or GM would be the fifth under Carmelo's reign as being a Knicks. That's insane. Think about it. Carmelo's only been here, what, 87 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so also... Five what, general managers. That's crazy. Well, it's also the, the timing threw me off. And like you said it, Stephen A said it. And reports had people telling pretty much saying to Dalton, like, you need to get let him go. And it went even before the offseason, went during the season, you have to let him go. You this this guy's to stop. And Dalton just sat there and just twiddled his thumbs until not only after the draft, but you're right before the free agency period starts on Monday, July first. Now you kind of you have a franchise in flux where guys may not want to go to this team because Who's running the team? Who's running things? Steve Mills is the guy going to be running things for the next couple weeks. I, I don't want Steve Mills running a damn, uh, running a damn Starbucks, let alone running a whole franchise. <laughs> so it's like That's now what? Point. Like, what took Dolan so long to finally pull the trigger? And now you left your team in a really bad spot. Now, I per- I keep hearing that it's about the whole Carmelo buyout situation, but I really believe it's the finding out that Phil was falling asleep during, you know, draft, you know, watching draft prospects. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I think that was the nail on the corner because that was totally unprofessional. And, you know, Dolan already had to go through the Isaiah Thomas situation. And now you have your president sleeping through draft workouts. That's just unacceptable. I think that was more so the final nail than the whole Carmelo buyout. 
I feel like also, and I, I mentioned this last week about this arrogance that Phil had about everything. Like last week's interview where he said, you know, the fans don't think so, but we know what we're doing. And this arrogance, his whole air about him just, I feel like that might have turned Dolan off too. And Dolan's like, this guy really doesn't, he really doesn't give a crap about this job, it seems yeah. like. And it seems like he really just stopped. Year one, I feel like maybe he cared a little bit. Year two is when he's like, I really don't care as long as I get my check and that check clears, I'm straight. I feel like that's what the that's the approach Phil took for the last couple of years. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, and, and now, yeah, like you said, he's finally gone. Yeah, it it's just it just bothers me that it took this long and at this point in time. It's like now it's like no one's coming here. No one's gonna play for the organization. We don't know what the mellow situation is. And now you look at Carmelo, Lala was on Wendy Williams and now we're getting different reasons as to what Carmelo wants to do. Carmelo either wants to stay close to his son and try to reconcile Allah, but then you have rumors about him wanting to go to Cleveland or going to the Rockets to play with CP3, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. I'm confused on where Carmelo stands. So now Carmelo had this goodwill. Now the villain's gone. Now it's back at Carmelo. What the hell do you want to do now? And no one knows he wants to do. Um, I'm totally torn on the situation because I feel like Carmelo should have never re-signed in the first place before, you know, that's first off. And now I feel like I feel like Carmelo wanted to leave, but he wasn't going to do it despite Phil. You know what I mean? Now that Phil's gone, mm-hmm. he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll wait my no-trade clothes now. And he doesn't come off being, the, you know, he doesn't come off being a bad guy. So I could see him leaving, but at the same time, I could see him staying, but then what's the purpose of him staying here? Unless he's going to yeah. wait out till next summer, opt out, opt out with the rest of the banana boat posse, and then maybe <laughs> join up with them then. I think that might be his long game, but I'm not sure what his short game is. Yeah, I feel like the short game is, and at this point, and Phil did his damage, we talk about it all the time. Phil's damage is he diminished Carmelo's trade value so much where where you could probably get a haul for him before, you're not going to get what you could have got for him before Phil started opening his mouth. So now is it up to the Canon Knicks trade him and get back something legitimate? Or is it just like, just let him finish the season out and we'll just start from scratch next summer. I feel like Phil really, really puts him in a bad situation on his way out the door. Yeah. Cause it's like, you, I don't even think you know, a Jimmy Butler trade right now for, for Carmelo Anthony. Meaning that you would have, you know, pennies on the nickel. But if I'm Houston and I'm I'm really applauding what Houston's doing, by the way. But if I'm Houston, I'll offer Eric Gordon and maybe Ariza to get Carmelo. And if I'm the most, I would probably take that right now. Yeah, that's. I, I feel like for Carmelo, for Carmelo, I feel like that's not enough. I feel like Ariza's not, not. Ariza. Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon is, Eric Gordon is a six man off the bench who can shoot really well. So you're getting a you're getting a bench again, essentially two bench players for Carmelo Anthony. I feel like you have to kind of sweeten the pot, but Houston traded seven players for one. So now, like now, what do you have? Because you don't have anything. You gotta gave away the team to get one guy, i.e., what the Knicks did to get Carmelo years ago in the first place. So we're talking two really similar situations. Um, and now, what does it do for Brzingis? Now, Brzingis, they got their wish. Phil's gone. Now the Porzingis start thinking about re-signing with the Knicks because he's his team options picked up. But you start thinking about the future. Does he wait to see what happens with Hornacek, or does he say, you know, what, there's way too much happening. I'm not going to stay here. When my contract's up, I'm out. Do you think Porzingis already kind of thinking that long game now? I think he was thinking that if Phil stayed. Now that Phil's gone, <laughs> all all that's off the table. I think the Knicks need to make a splash at a hiring. And I think you have to hire old boys from Cleveland. And I think that was stabilized a lot of this bleeding that's been going on in New York. You have a professional running the team. I know I remember in conversations I was telling you, maybe they should look at Phillips, but then you're absolutely right. You do not need to experiment with someone with no experience again. So I say hire a veteran, hire someone that's reliable and respected around the league. That way free agents won't start changing their tone about New York. You know, your fr- your current franchise player person is who you really should be building around will change his tune about New York as well. Mm-hmm. Well, David Griffin from Cleveland, his name's been mentioned. Jerry West is going to make a play to try to talk to Dolan and say, hey, this is the guy you should have. Uh, the Toronto Raptors president, Masa Yurigi, I can't never pronounce his name correctly. He's in the mix also to, you know, 
possibly come to the Knicks, but he's on the contract for Toronto. So in order for Toronto, the, the Knicks to talk to him, they have to get permission from Toronto. If they come to a deal with him, then the Knicks have to trade something, which is going to be a lot because you, you're taking a team president from someone to get him to come to New don't York. And the Knicks really no, and you don't you don't want to give those up, and it's, you're rebuilding essentially. The Knicks are a rebuilding exactly. team. You can't give up those first round draft picks. So, I think I think Griffith might be the best choice. You obviously saw what you can do with a team in Cleveland. Give, and he has a blank slate in New York. In Cleveland, yeah. he came in with LeBron, and LeBron, let's be let's keep it 100. LeBron ran that team. LeBron told them what to do. For all this talk that LeBron is not the GM is BS. But you give a smart GM like Griffin a blank slate and say, you're running everything. Do what you need to get, do. First of all, can you just fire Steve Mills at this point and just let him let him go somewhere? But I think you need, like you said, you need someone with experience. I feel like Billups is a good splashy hire, but the zero experience thing didn't work out with Derek Fisher. And I feel like at this point, I say this every week, you can't take any more chances. You can't take any more risks. You can't say, oh, we'll try this. You got to be hundred percent sure that it's going to work and you need someone with a track record. And I think Griffith might be the only guy available right now because it's damn July to do that. Just think about this. Not only would you get Griffith in here, you now the whole LeBron and his boys taking shots up. Soul is gone. The whole, the rest of the league knows you're no longer running the triangle. Quite possible. Maybe Griffin comes in here and lets Jeff Hornacek go because I still have question marks about him. Hopefully, hopefully, God willing to get rid of Rambus. Now you know he serves no purpose. No, oh, yeah. And yeah. maybe, maybe you make a play out of Mark Jackson, or maybe a Jeff Van Gundy. Maybe you get somebody that you know. It's time to win over the fans. And to Dolan's credit, look at that. Last week I'm defending Phil. This week I'm defending Dolan. To Dolan's credit, he did not mm-hmm. meddle with Phil at all. He did not meddle with Phil during his whole tenancy as president of basketball operations. I think he will continue to do that because he does not like the attention and the pressure being on him being the one that's meddling in all of the affairs. So I think someone like Griffin would be perfect for the Knicks where we have a professional, we have someone who knows what he's doing, and he wouldn't have to worry about the owner bringing down his neck like how he had to do in Cleveland. Well, my biggest fear now is Dolan didn't meddle with Phil. But now that we saw that that experiment didn't work very well, the next guy who comes in, does Dolan meddle a little bit more because he didn't get involved in anything with Phil, and now he saw that worked out. She's like, well, maybe I need to kind of stick my toe in the water a little bit and keep track of what's going on. So that's in the back of my head, like, maybe Dolan might be around more and be a little more hands-on, which we, you and I both don't want, obviously. I feel like any Nick fan doesn't want that, but that's my biggest fear about the next hire. Dolan might try to squeeze his way in and get more involved and become like a uh, uh, a, a Dan Gilbert as opposed to what he's been doing. The only reason I say that probably won't happen is because you got to remember, Phil is 71, and then Donnie Walsh was up there in age as well, too. So maybe he didn't, res- you know, yes, they were older than him. Maybe he didn't respect him long enough. But someone coming in with David Griffith's resume, he might have to back off a little bit. That's true. Well, and a, a report out of the Daily News this morning from Frank Isola stated that a dark horse candidate for the New York Knicks team president job is none other than Voldemort himself, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. So we know Isaiah is lurking. He's lurking in the garden as president of the New York Liberty. We we get it. Yeah. He, he and I feel like and I feel like he took that job just to stay close to Dolan. Do you think Dolan is enough and ballsy enough to hire Isaiah Thomas as team president? Oh man, <laughs> I feel like hiring <laughs> Isaiah Thomas. Hiring Isaiah Thomas would be such the Nick thing to do. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I don't think he does. He, I don't think he does it. I, I think he wants to be. I think to, to Dolan's credit, he wants to be the good guy here. He's trying to, you know, wipe his hands clean of all basketball operations. So I don't think he would go back backwards. I think it's time to move forwards. And I think you let you leave Isaiah where he is. Let him be quiet with the liberty. You know, the media will eat you alive. 
the feminist movement with Eat You Alive. Because, you know, right now they probably don't even know that he's with the Liberty. But you bring him back no. and to run the Knicks, oh, man, they'll eat him alive. So I don't think Dolan wants to do that. For the sake of his band, let alone the Knicks, for the sake of his band, I don't think he wants to do that. I, I just – I think back to the Real Sports interview that Dolan and Isaiah had, I think it was last year, a year and a half ago, where – Dolan's like, he's one of my good friends. I want to keep him around. You know, I will always go to him for, you know, advice. And I'm just like, he, he Dolan wants him back so bad. He even gave him a job with Liberty after he sexually harassed someone at the garden. It's like, you're going to put him in charge of a women's team after what he just caused you in court. It's what he, Dolan wants him around so badly. I wouldn't put it past him. Like you said, it's a Nick thing to do to just hire him again and he just walk in like, I'm back. What's going on? And then like, what? we're done. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> I quit. Imagine if, he, imagine if he brings him back. I can't wait to see Phil's first text, a tweet. Oh my God. I could, I could just, oh, I could, I think we would have to have an emergency show if it wasn't a Thursday, just so I can just vent. And I know you probably going to have one event too. Uh, we need. We might need a, a emergency venting session and be a random, like a random Saturday night box out. Because this, because let's be honest, it he won't be hired during like a week. It will be like a Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. He's gonna get hired in the dead of night on like Friday night at like 11 p.m. when no one's paying attention, and it's gonna come out Saturday when no one's no one's going on, and people will wake up Saturday morning like, what the hell just happened? Why is Isaiah Thomas on the front page of the damn Daily News? That's what's going to happen. If he hires Isaiah Thomas, it's going to be in the dead of night. It's going to be like a damn recon mission when Isaiah Thomas gets rehired as team president if he gets hired. Oh, gosh. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but I know it's, it's got to be on the table. It's got to be on the table, though. It's got to oh, be. Oh, you know what it is. You know, hey. You know what it is. Yeah. The, the saving grace is I feel like uh, Steve Mills is running things, and Steve Mills is just a figurehead. Steve Mills is just the dude. They have uh, Tim, I think Limuki, I think his name is. He used to run a couple teams to L.A. Who He has an idea of what to do, so he's around. Jerry West, I think, is going to be really helpful to go out and vouch for Griffin because I feel like Jerry West has enough clout with the NBA circles to go to Dolan and be like, listen, you need to hire this guy. Do not hire Isaiah. And I, I don't know if he will say that. I can imagine him saying it and saying, you probably shouldn't do that. And everyone else around him, like, you probably shouldn't do that. Don't, 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 don't even think about it. Don't even have it cross your mind. Not at all. Hopefully. 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 Uh, the other big news that happened yesterday, the show may not was, was on the fence about happening yesterday because I have somewhere to go after the show. But yesterday, it was a lot happening. And this, this show needed to happen tonight because – Another big news item from yesterday was the trade of Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets out of nowhere, out of complete, out of thin air. Chris Paul got traded to the Houston Rockets, and he got traded for seven players. Uh, your first thought on the trade was what, Jason? My first thought was like, wow, we have a new contender in the Super Team contest. And I, my, first thought, my first reaction was like, okay, something's going on in L.A., and at least Chris Paul, he managed the whole situation properly. He let them know, I want out of here. He doesn't like the direction. And I think something has to do, we go back to Joey West. I think Joey West, he something up. I don't think if it wasn't mm-hmm. Joey West, if Chris Paul was still be a clipper, I think he told Ballmer and I'm like, hey, listen, man, this team, I'm coming from, I'm coming from Oakland. I'm seeing this team in and out. You guys are not beating them anytime soon. It's time to blow this up and plan for the future. And I think that's what happened. And I think it's a good move because it is time to break up that team. I thought their best opportunity was two years ago. It didn't happen. And, you know, and, this, and today's NBA, the worst thing you can do is be okay. You either have to be super elite or it's totally dumb. So I, I, I think that's smart on their part. Now for Houston, I don't know how it's going to work in that backcourt. Both of those guys, you know, you have two balls ball hoggers in terms of, like, dominating mm-hmm. wing guards. So I don't know how this is going to work. Who's going to play the two guard? Who'll be more comfortable with that? It, I can't see Chris Paul all these years later wanting to, you know, play off the ball. It's though, even though he's saying that he wouldn't mind doing that, I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how D'Antoni mixes because 
Harden had his best year of his career this past season playing the point. So right. now you're going to take him out of a position where he's thriving at and move him back to the two to put Chris Paul there, who handles the ball constantly. Like it's it's a weird trade because I feel like it just doesn't – it, it can't possibly work. I don't care. D'Antoni's a great offensive mind. I just don't see how he can get past the fact that you have two guys who needs the ball in their hands constantly to make plays not having the ball in their hands all the time. Um, the Clippers received, in exchange for Chris Paul, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harris, uh, Harrell, Kyle Willier, DeAndre Liggins, Darren Hilliard, 2018 pick, which is top three protected, and 600 and I think $11,000 cash considerations. So they gave up five players, a first-round draft pick, and cash. Do you think... Houston should have got something else. Or do you think this is a fair trade all around? Oh, that's a tough. That that's a steep price for a rental. Because all in all, in terms of purpose, Chris Paul's only there for one year. That's what makes his situation yeah. sweet because he gets one year to find out if he can play with Harden or not. If he can't play with Harden, he can go somewhere else. I'll out the banana boat crew. So, I think Houston really, you know, they really swing for the fences here. They're like, hey, we think this could work. Long term, let's give it a shot. I personally have to applaud Houston, unlike Indiana, who's sitting on their, you know, on their behind, not moving Paul George, who's diminishing value. To me, seems going by daily now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and uh, Houston, Daryl Morley was on part of interruption this afternoon, and he pretty much stated that this was, you know, we're gonna take it year by year because they asked some question. Are you gonna try to get Paul to? Find the extension and say, no, we're going to take it this year and see what happens. We'll love to keep them. He made a point saying that, guys, don't we don't lose superstars in Houston. And I'm like, did you just lose Dwight Howard? Didn't Dwight Howard just leave? Like, get, well, wait. Dwight Howard's not a superstar. He's not a superstar anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess in the grand scheme of things. But I feel like, yeah, you, you don't, not everybody stays in Houston. I feel like guys do leave. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're still living on those two championships that they won. When Jordan wasn't in the league, and that's their saving grace is like, well, we won two championships when the best player in the world was gone playing baseball. I just, I just, don't, I feel like they gave up way too much. They should have got something more in return for what yeah, what they gave they up. Really should. Totally agree. Now they have no bench. Well, the, yeah. Well, the other side of the story is that according to reports from ESPN, there was a little bit of infighting, and Paul, Chris Paul actually lost faith in Doc Rivers because of perceived nepotism towards Doc Rivers' son, Austin Rivers, and, you know, things are being done on a court that guys are getting reamed out on, but Austin Rivers is kind of immune to getting yelled at and stuff like that. Do you believe that story, or do you think it's just, you know, just it, it, it it's it's just because he got traded, and it had to be, there has to be another story behind it besides just him being traded to another team? No, I totally believe it. I totally believe it because, you know, we see the, I mean, we go back to, like, Little League. You see the Little League when the father is coaching his son. You see you see it there. And I think, I can only imagine on the professional level how much of a con, you know, conflict of interest that can be. And if you think about it, going forward for the Clippers, they knew they were losing, uh, they were going to lose on um, the shooting guard. And now he would have to be the, the starting shooting guard. So I don't think... Chris Paul saw that as a viable option. You know, maybe he felt like they should have did more. They should have went out there and got more than Austin Rivers. Yeah, and the fact that Doc didn't want to trade Austin Rivers to get Carmelo Anthony, because the trade that was rumored was Austin Rivers, Jamal Crawford, and there was a third player, which I'm losing right now off the top of my head. Third player in that trade for Carmelo and Sasha Vulicic. And Doc said no because he didn't want Austin to go. Now I don't know if it's because his son he wants his son around, or if he has big plans for Austin Rivers. But if that's the case, that's a huge problem. You could have got Carmelo Anthony for pretty much nothing, and you didn't let the trade go down. And yeah, Doc came out and said today, yeah. And Doc came out and said today on the Rusillo show on ESPN Radio that that's not true. He did not turn on a Nick trade, but. I I'm, I kind of believe it. I really do believe that that really did go down. You believe it, right? Yeah. At first, I was like, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's sour grapes. Maybe it's just him trying to get that little last shot in before he leaves. 
I totally believe it now. I think that's the case. I feel like that's Doc has a son there, and he's going to talk to his son a certain way, and make sure that you know his son's taken care of. And like, hey, you guys stink. Also, you sit down right here. Don't worry about it, man. I got you. And I feel like that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah, I mean, hey, conflict of interest, and I think to Doc's detriment, him being the coach is him being the coach, and I'm surprised Baltimore hasn't you know said anything about that yet. Yeah, I, I just, if I was a coach and president, whatever, I couldn't have my son on the same team as me. I feel like you would think you would be harder on your son. In this case, it's in the doc is just really soft on his son because his son's his son may maybe maybe mentally soft, may not be able to take criticism. So maybe he knows that. But it's like I feel like I don't know about you, but I feel like I could not have my kid on the same team that I'm either coaching or I'm running. It just it makes no sense. You couldn't change to the Lakers. Like he really he couldn't trade him to the uh, you know to the other locker room. Like you still have him in LA. I, I feel like I, I feel like at this point you almost have to get rid of him to kind of make make things right and get get the story off the front page of LA Times because that's that's gonna be the story for the next few months. So I feel like he's his his hand is kind of forced into like we have to trade him just to get him off the roster so we don't have to hear about this anymore. Exactly, been out the hands of time. Oh, son of a bit! Oh, all right, just across the wire, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> and I quote from Ian Bagley of ESPN: Kentucky Wildcats coach John Calipari has reached out to New York Knicks through intermediaries to express interest in the team's vacancy in their president of operations role. Son of a bitch, John Calipari oh, trying to get the job now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> Can this get any worse? Can this get any worse? Wow. Oh, your thoughts. Your mm-hmm. thoughts. <laughs> Unless he's coming in with Cousins, Wall, and the rest of the Kentucky Wildcats, I don't want him no parts of the garden. Nowhere near the garden. I feel like, you know, you know when there's a black cloud hanging over, you know, we feel mm-hmm. like there's a black cloud hanging over the franchise. Here comes a black hole to suck up that cloud and then flux even more darkness into the garden. It'd be awful, awful hiring. Awful. He'll make Isaiah Scandal look little compared to what the damage he'll do. I, I, uh, I have nothing. I have nothing to say. At this point, the Knicks say they have no interest in him, but he's making he's making inquiries through different people that he's interested. Did he not learn anything when he's with the Nets? He was vice president of the Nets. He was coaching the Nets. The Nets didn't really do anything, although they were one of the first teams to have the the jersey, the kind of the shirt jerseys. That was kind of cool. But besides that, that's the only thing I remember from the John Calipari days in the NBA. What? Once again, this is the Nick thing. This is a splashy hire. Not the splashy hire that we want, as in David Griffin knows what he's doing. This is a splashy hire to attract John Calipari from college to come to the NBA. This, now this scares me. I'm afraid now. Because this is the type of thing the Knicks would do, too. But I don't want to know. But my thing is, why would he want to do it? Why would he want to come to the Knicks after turning down the – I believe he turned down the Cavs back in 2013 or 2014? Like, why would he want to come here now? Yeah, Does he feel like he can really, really save uh, the franchise? I really hope not. 914-338-0897. We have a caller on the line. Caller, uh, your name and where you're from. Hey, fellas, what's up? It's Bryce calling from Brooklyn. How you doing, Bryce? What's going on? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Um, you know, I'll admit it, a uh, lifelong Knicks fan here, so when I heard you talking to the Knicks, I figured I'd call him. Uh, cool. What you think about what's going on right now? I mean, well, I think for, you know, the first thing you got to think of when you think of the Knicks is the problem, like, look, it's great that Phil's gone. James Dolan's the problem. Mm-hmm. He, he always will be the problem, always has been the problem. He's just a toxic owner. Um, he doesn't understand how to really run this organization, build a team, or put the right people in place. So I think you're going to hear a lot of rumors, like you guys just talked about, of this coach and that coach. But Dolan's so unpredictable, you never know what he's going to do. I don't think – Isaiah Thomas just tweeted he's not interested. Take that for what mm-hmm. it's worth. I, I mean, I doubt – Dolan it would, would be that silly to bring that guy back, but you never know with James Dolan. He's the problem. As long as 
as long as he's there, there's really only going to be one way the Knicks win, and that's they somehow find more Hernan Gomez, I put that in quotes, type players that can transcend their, the way they're picked, or if, even if they're picked as a lottery, can become multiple all-stars. And the players literally have to drag this team out of the doldrums because it won't be because they're managed well. So, Bryce, if you had your pick of president of the team, who would you select? Would you select someone like a David Griffin? Would you go off for a splashy hire like a Calipari, or would you kind of stay within the organization? President of the team, I mean, I would look at David Griffin first. Is, is, is it Griffin or Griffin? Uh, gr- Griffin. 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 Uh, yeah, Griffin. Griffin, yeah. I would go with David Griffin first. You know, I like the guy from Toronto, of course. But the Knicks just are not in a position to give to do what they've done in the past, which is give up all of these assets for for these, you know, GMs, players. They gotta keep all that stuff. Griffin is out there, he's not signed to any team. He's he's got a good rapport with agents, players, people like him. I think he's a smart guy. I would probably bring him in. You know, you I think you have to you might have to give Hornacek another chance. But if they got rid of him and brought in Mark Jackson, I think that would be a nice fit. That's very good. Bryce, thanks so much for the call, man. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I think I think David Griffin is probably the obvious choice. I think it's the timing for the timing for the Knicks is great because David Griffin got screwed up a job last week, and you have a legitimate candidate in front of you right now. If they weren't to sign him, i.e., like today – I think it would be ridiculous. I would love to hear the reasoning behind him hiring someone else and not him. No, not at all. And I think you have to do it that looking upon us on Saturday. And just think about this. Like now, like like the Bryce said, he has great rapport with agents and we need that right mm-hmm. now. And you know, and I know, you know, we kind of don't allow, but I think I think he really wants to seen as a good a good person now. So I think his meddling days are over, and that's the only reason why I still lasted this whole longer because he didn't meddle. The one time he needed him to meddle, he did. Yeah, it's, it's, it should be an interesting next 48 hours. Maybe actually 72 hours. I'm curious to see what happens between tomorrow and Sunday, and then Monday, the first day of free agency, when guys are you know officially on the free market. Um, speaking of a player who's going to be a free agent, unrestricted, Gordon Hayward officially told the Jazz he's opting out. He's going to be unrestricted free agent come Monday. Um, do you see him going to the Boston Celtics like everyone seems to just be resigned to right now? Or do you think there's a dark horse somewhere? I think the dark horse is Miami because once you get in the room with Pat Riley and he puts down the ring, you know, Danny Ainge can only put down one ring. Pat Riley has three rings to put down, and we know what he can do. You know how quickly he can make a team. Viable. And just think about Miami. Just think about this for Miami. Miami's really finished the second half of the season well. They will finish. They were a game out of making the playoffs. They would have made a little bit of noise with the eighth seed in the East. I think you add Hayward. I think you you possibly look into getting Blake Griffin. You still have Whiteside. You still have mm-hmm. Waiters. I would weigh my options. I mean, the South Beach is no state tax. So I, I would I wouldn't would not sleep on Miami as being a dark horse. So I want to play a little game. I didn't tell you this at the time. I want to kind of throw this at you. Play play a little game, and I'm going to tell you the name of the free, and you tell me where you think they will end up. Now, obviously, we're doing a show next Thursday. Some of these guys will be signed already. Some of these guys may still be on the market. So I'm going to throw a few names out and tell me where you think they're going to land after free agency is over. First name. All right. And he's already said he's staying, but just maybe you might have another thought. Kevin Durant. Warriors. Okay. Paul Millsap. Houston. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin. Miami. Derrick Rose. Ooh. <laughs> you know, if Phil was here... If Phil was here, I would say the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think Spurs. Kyle Lowry. Toronto. Rudy Gay. Ah. I think the Knicks. Rudy Gay to the Knicks, huh? 
I think so. Serge Ibaka. Hmm. Ah, man. Miami. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting now because I feel like the Knicks need these positions are very important to the Knicks, so I'm curious. Jeff Teague. Knicks. George Hill. I think he stays in Utah. Okay. Uh, J.J. Redick. Mm. Boston. Uh, trying to think of a good one here. Uh, let's go Zach Randolph. Memphis will make a. I feel like Memphis will find an offer sheet. I feel like they would match someone. They would match the Spurs offer sheet, and he comes back. Mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. Eighty oh, percent Boston, but a strong twenty percent plus the rings Miami. All right, and last but not least, the name that's been. Yeah. And the last name that's been on the mouth of everyone's day, Andre Andre Iguodala. If Houston is good, if Houston can find enough room for some money to spend, I think he goes to Houston. Well, I feel like they have. I feel like they got. I mean, they let go seven players. Were they making crazy money? No, but I feel like they're. They probably have some money now that they got rid of seven players, I would assume, right? Or exactly. they're not making yeah. any money. I'm like, they can go out and get some more guys if they need to. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I think I really think, quick. I think instead of worrying about, I think instead of worrying about Carmelo mm-hmm. and Paul George, they really need to concentrate on Millsap. He'd be a perfect fit for that D'Antoni system with those two guards playing. So you said Rudy Gates to the Knicks. Are you assuming that Carmelo is going to be gone? with the Rudy Gay selection, or do you think they're going to try to work together? I think, I think, this is what I think. I think Rudy Gay comes aboard. I think Mel stays with the Knicks for a while. We see how the season, the first half of the season turns out. If he wants to buy out after the All-Star break, I can see that happening. I don't think Mel gets traded. So I think his only option is, you know, get bought out. And I think that depends on how successful the Knicks are in the beginning of the season. Without that cloud, worrying, worrying about them. Because if you think about it, the, Knicks, the first 20 to 30 games of the season, the Knicks were fine. And then, mm-hmm. you know, triangle, 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 triangle. Which at the beginning of the season, Phil said, you know, Phil kind of backed away. But then when he emphasized, you know, we got to run the triangle, that's when everything started to fall downhill. So to Derrick Rowe's point, the Knicks did, Team respectable beginning of the season. Well, I almost feel like too. When you look back at that time when the Knicks were respectable and were actually like in the in the conversation for the final playoff spot. Is it was it me or does Phil just seem like the team was really successful running what Hornacek was doing? Hornacek was running his offense, but running yep. some elements of the triangle, and Phil didn't want that success to go all on Hornacek, so Phil had to butt in. Because they saw something working, and Phil didn't like that, so Phil had to go in and make his changes, thinking he could come in and be that that knight in shining armor and help the team. And he really didn't. Once again, his arrogance, I think, really played a role in that in that situation. Totally agree. Nine one four three three eight zero eight nine seven is number. If you want to call in, talk a little Knicks, talk about NBA, any NBA topic. There's a lot to talk about. Um, now we're talking about the NBA awards, and I will admit, I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, I think you and I both were both kind of against the whole idea, especially with the MVP being this late. Did you watch it? Yeah. You watch the whole I thing. I didn't watch the whole. I didn't watch the whole thing. Westbrook won his award, and I saw and then taking a little jab at the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that. I don't know. I really was interested in it because one season, you know, we're 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 about to hit the agency. I completely forgot what happened before the playoffs. The playoffs were so, you know, long. You know, especially someone like Westbrook. He won his MVP, but he's been eliminated back in April. I know. Well, I, I, I'm still not 
I was watching it and my roommate was here watching it and they announced what's her name and I was damn it. Because I'm like I'm still not sold on who has the MVP. I was a big I'm still a big James Harden advocate. And I thought he should have won it just based on the amount of wins. If you look at the over under from the season started, the Rockets over overachieved, the OKC underachieved. And I feel like people got so wrapped up in the triple double numbers that they kind of like, oh, well, you know, we should give it to him because he has a little triple doubles in NBA history, which is great. But is it, does it make you a valuable player in the NBA? I don't, I, I'm still not, I'm still not sold on that. And his speech was great. I love the speech and he got emotional and I appreciate it. But I, I still, to this day, am not sold on Russell Westbrook as the NBA MVP. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I really think the triple double thing is blown well out of corporation. But my question to you is now, now we have all these super teams forming, do those players get eliminated from MVP consideration? Because that's the case. We're going to have these kind of problems every year going forward where I don't think Westbrook should have the MVP. I, I do think it was should and Harden. But now... But now what? Now you got Westbrook on a team by himself, or to say someone else has a breakout year when they're not on a team with no All Stars. Should we really reward a mediocre, a mediocre team with the MVP? I feel like if you have all these super teams, I feel like you can't give the MVP to one of the three Golden State Warriors on the team. I feel like it just doesn't work that way. You will. I feel like we're going to see more guys who. Maybe not 20 win teams, but you'll see guys 46, 47 wins get MVP because they're literally leading their crappy team to the playoffs. They're willing them to the playoffs. That Giannis, Giannis is going to will Milwaukee to the playoffs with 42 wins and he'll win the MVP because it's just him, essentially. If I, we're in this new generation where we're going to see a lot of guys win MVPs and not be in the NBA finals. Maybe, maybe not even make it to the conference finals, but they're it on their team, and that that's going to hold a lot more weight with the voters when they see someone like a Westbrook and see someone like a Harden pretty much leading their teams by themselves as opposed to other teams who are just joining forces and, you know, kind of takes the fun out of everything. So I guess the MVP trophy has become the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> it really has. It, it really has. It, it, it I'm curious to see what happens on Monday. Monday is going to be, and I say Monday, next week, the first day of it, people are going to be talking to guys and whining and dining them and stuff like that. So next week's going to be interesting to see where everyone ends up and see what moves team makes because like this was a pretty much a, an opt-in and trade that Paul did. Paul opted into his contract and got traded because he knew he was getting traded. Guys get signed and traded. Guys can opt in and get traded. So it's going to be very interesting to see how many different super teams either are created or attempt to be created next week that you may assume that I have a super team, but you know, no offense. Sorry. You know, uh, Chris Humphreys is not part of super team. You can't build. So it's gonna be weird to see how these teams try to configure their super teams when they may not have super teams in general. Exactly. I, I the parts I did watch, I will say this, it was a good show. Very produ- very very well produced. Drake did his thing. Drake is funny. They had a get out parody with Stephen Curry and his wife. He went to go out. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And she had yeah, she that was funny. The Will Ferrell stuff was funny. Nicki Minaj looked great as usual. You know, shout out to Nicki. Oh, yeah. So but I'm just I'm still not a fan of this whole thing. I feel like this is it, it was unnecessary. <laughs> it was just unnecessary two hours. And you know they're gonna bring it back next year. <laughs> oh well, because you already know. You already know the ratings. The ratings are pretty, probably pretty good. I didn't know. I don't know what the ratings were, but the ratings are pretty good. So I'm like, we can do this again next year. Let's get Drake for the second time. And like, okay, great. <laughs> just like, whatever. Um, did you go to the big three on Sunday? Yeah, I did. It was quite. You did okay. I, I I thought you did. Fox Sports One showed it on a one day delay, which I'm still unsure about why they did that. What were your thoughts about the big three on Sunday? I thought it was quite entertaining. A lot of these guys are still in great shape. Unfortunately, a lot of them did get hurt. But a lot of them, it was very competitive games. Very, you know, old school trash talking basketball, like how much we really enjoy it. I think it's going to catch on. And I think if, it's more, if it stays successful, as I think it will be, you might see someone like uh, Kobe might want to be interested in playing this. Because it's, it's a great product. It's a great, you know, 
half court park at basketball atmosphere. You know, it's it's a it's good. It's a good product. I think it'll get better as the time goes on, and I think a lot of veterans are going to catch on. Like, hey, I can play this for a little bit. Yeah, I was watching it, and the, I love the half court. The, the half court was cool. The four point shot was cool. It's just, and you're right. It's just it's, it's this different environment. Brooklyn was up, like Brooklyn was pumped. Like you, you could you could feel it through the TV. The crowd just seemed into it. It was a different concept. And you're right. And Paul Pierce mentioned there that you know, hey, like the two super team with him, Kevin Garnett and Kobe. I'm like that'll be interesting next year to see that put together. So I think Ice Cube, I think he figured something out and. Three on three basketball is gonna be in the Olympics now, so big three is pretty much starting to trend. I feel like that people are kind of paying attention to. It's not the XFL. It's well run. It's well organized. I was surprised to see how many like equivalent to the Nets playing the Warriors. I wouldn't say the Nets playing like Toronto, but like the Nets playing the Warriors, where it's like packed side and everybody's like mm-hmm. really interested what's going on. And people stay. People stay for all the games. You know that. I think it took up about four hours, three hours, and it was a good time. So I was performing at halftime, entertaining. You know, I really think it's something that's going to catch on in a lot of veteran players. Like, can you imagine someone like Vince Carter going straight from the NBA? Let's say he retires next year, and then he's playing that like two months later in the summertime. Well, and it's good for these guys too because obviously you're you're enter those 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 juices are still flowing. You still eat. And this is the best way to – you're playing It's not full court. It's not overly taxing. And it's like you said, it's old school basketball. You can hand check. Hand checking is allowed, which I'm like, that's – they need to bring that back to the NBA. And you can hand check, and it, it just – it's a really cool feel. And, you see, and then you see Dr. J coaching the team and, you know, Clyde Drexler coaching the team. And it's just – it was just a really cool – it was refreshing to see this. And I, I'm hoping it continues. I was, I'm hoping – Next year they just play all the games in Brooklyn. So I don't I'm looking it up now where they actually they play in Charlotte July second. They play in Tulsa, Oklahoma, July 9th. They play in Philly on the fourth, which would be a good crowd. They play in Chicago. They play in Dallas. They play in Kentucky, which I don't understand. Los Angeles, Seattle, and the championship is in Vegas, the T Mobile Arena. So it's I mean it's going to August, late August. But some of the venues, I don't think some of the some of the venues are a little questionable, such as like Charlotte, Tulsa, yeah, Rupp Arena, unless in Kentucky. I feel like that's not going to be. I feel like maybe it's like a cost thing. You know, you probably pay a lot of rent to go to Staples or Barclays, but the rent in Rupp Arena, in Kentucky, is not that expensive, and Tulsa is not that expensive. But I'm hoping this really takes off because it's a really, really good idea. Yeah, I think it will. I think it will, and I think you know this is year one first weekend, it's only going to get better. And they really stumble upon something. And who's to say maybe they might incorporate that regular NBA, the current NBA players could partake in this if somehow they get the owner to really get an you know, agreement oh, off of that. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way an owner will let his player play in that league with hand check-in and those old, those old school, like, Junkyard dog playing anybody is going to want their players to play against him for any reason whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and the, well, the best part of the, the best part of the whole thing was the Sean Stevens hitting that game winning shot. I was watching that and I, and I popped for it. I was like, oh, I'm like okay, that's that's this, this is more exciting than the playoffs was. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Totally right about that. <laughs> it really was. I was like, wow, this is. And I was like a little in what the games were the games neat and tidy. No, obviously, it's, a lot of these guys playing competitive basketball the first time in a few years. Uh, right. You know, Muhammad Abdul Roof is like 48 years old, like he, he didn't look crisp. But guys, week two, week three, the English sheet of basketball get a lot better, and the shots right. going on yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot more, and that the conditioning a little better. So I feel like it, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that this succeeds and it comes back. Cause I want to go next year. Like not even as like a press, like you, you went as press. I want to go as a fan and just watch it sit in the stands. Watch it in the stands. Yep. So nah, uh, is there it'll anything I, I'm, I'm, I would hope so. I feel like there's a lot of money put into this. So I feel like they have to give it at least two years. Unlike the XFL, which was un, yeah. was ran terribly. I think this has, a, this it's being ran proud and it's not being, 
it's not getting too big too fast. I think they have a business plan in place. Like this is what we're gonna do, and we'll evaluate it at the end of the season. But we're gonna keep it at this level, not get too big, not try to go all crazy. FS1 is a good partner. It's one day delay, which I'm still trying to figure out why they did that. I don't know why you don't show it. It is a long day, but why not show all four hours? It's four hours of programming that FS1 doesn't really have right now. Yeah, I didn't understand that at all. Maybe that's something that they don't have to work on. I'm not sure the exact reason. I have to look that up, why they have the one-day delay. Maybe MLB, that's something that I can think of. But, uh, yeah, that's something they may have to work on later on. So before we get out of here, the last report I have is that Blake Griffith is set to meet with the Suns first, apparently, on Monday at 12.01. So do you think the Suns are a legit player, or do you think this is just Blake testing the waters with other teams? Uh, I think that they're a legit player. They have money. They need to spend some money. They have a nice young nucleus over there. Uh, it could work in Phoenix. They could be a dark horse. I don't think he's going to go there. But sure, why not have a sit-down meeting and just see what the organization is heading? And last but certainly not least, uh, Jimmy Butler has introductory press conference for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he uh, pretty much put it out there, saying, listen, if people in Chicago have a problem with the trade, have a problem with him, here's my phone number. He gave it out. I, did, I was tempted to call it, but someone told me it's probably already blocked and killed already. But how do you feel oh, about I Jimmy Butler saying, listen? Oh, I called uh-huh. that, and the mailbox was full. The mailbox was full. But uh, ah, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. It was either mailbox full, the numbers disconnected, or something crazy like that. Hey, I, I love it because, you know, Chicago's putting all the stuff out there. You know, coaches and players are putting some you know, jabs out there that he's an awful locker room guy. He's not a leader. I, I love what he did to do a little damage control. Because I, I think I told I think it might have been you, Alan. I texted, but... If he was so bad and he was so not wanted in Chicago, why did his former head coach, who was also exiled out of there the same way, wanted him so bad and pretty much stole mm-hmm. him from the Bulls? Well, I'm still trying to figure out how that trade went down because Thibodeau and Bulls management had crazy beef. So to get Thibodeau to make that phone call and say we're interested and have Chicago Bulls managers say, okay, well, we're listening. It's, that'd be a really interesting set of circumstances and a very interesting phone call to have with between Thibodeau and Bulls. I think the only reason that whole trade went down to Minnesota is because the market really wasn't there for Jimmy Butler. It's only the only team that we knew for sure that really wanted him was the Cavs, and they didn't have anything to give up. Maybe maybe love, but if you're in total rebuild, you don't want love. So I think that's what kind of you know, force. That's what pretty much got Minnesota to get the steal. The heist of the, the heist of the year, we actually. It really was. And I don't I feel like Chris Dunn could turn into a good player. Zach Levine could be a good player. We don't really know. But for Jimmy Butler, what they gave up, it was just, ugh. It, it, like you said, it was a steal. It was a steal. I wouldn't put it up there where, like Herschel Walker, Minnesota Dallas Cowboys steal. But I'll put it up there when the, when the worst trades that team's ever had. And in, in Kind of like how they had the press conference in the Mall of America. Kind of like the first Monday Night Nitro. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's what it was, right? It was right, right. Yeah, it was like the very first. I think it might have been the same exact spot too where the ring was set up on right? WCW had Nitro. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Now I want to watch Nitro now. Um, Jason is always a great show. We had a lot to talk about today, man. A lot happened yesterday. Yeah. And it's only week one. We, we know by the time we talk next week. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more oh. dominoes falling. Next week, we'll be another two-hour show. Hopefully not, because I don't know about you. I was exhausted after that show last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was wiped out. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy the rest of your one. week. Yeah, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy 4th of July. Have a great 4th of July, Jason. Hope you uh, okay. relax a little bit. I know you, you move. I, I know you move. I know you hustle. So relax a little bit this weekend. Appreciate that, man. You too. All right. So we'll see you next week. Next week, free agent talk. It's going to be a big week next week. Monday starts the festivities. We'll be back on Thursday to review everything. For Jason, I am Khalil. We will see you next week. 
here on the box out. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great fourth. See you next Thursday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.